0: Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osband, here with my friend Chavruta and Gordon. Our DAF today, Masachat Gitin, DAF Nun Vav, page 66. Well, we're actually going to start in the bottom of yesterday's staff and we have a series of Mishnayos to go through. I'll do the first two and we'll do the second two um, and we'll just get straight to it. So our first mission begins with, So at first, the sages would say that when somebody was taken out in a kolar, meaning it was somebody who was going to be executed and they would say, Write a you know, a get for my wife, then people should go ahead uh, and write it, even though he didn't give explicit directions to deliver it to her. In other words, if he's saying to write it, then it also implies that he wants to deliver it as well because he is somebody who is about to die and he wants to divorce his wife uh, right before she died. The reason for that is is to make sure that she can collect her fur ketubah and not worry about any of the issues with the other with the uh people who would actually inherit uh his estate upon his death. Khazrulamar <laughs> Afa But then they said even somebody who's setting sail or somebody who's going in a caravan. In other words, somebody who's traveling a very far distance and sometimes it would happen and this is actually the classic case of what an aguna was. Somebody whose husband disappeared and it was usually due to travel. So somebody before uh, they uh, would travel would say, write my wife a get. So uh, they would do it for these set of circumstances as well. Rabbi Shimon Shizuri Omer Afa Misukan. Rabbi Shimon Benzuri said, even somebody who's ill, right, and and gives that instruction, they do that. Again, they also, they write that get and they give it to his wife. And then they start with the story. Geneva Yotsei Bekalar Haveis. So Geneva uh, when was about to be executed. Now remember, we keep seeing the name Geneva all throughout this Masakat. And I think if I were going to do a dissertation or write something about Masache Gitin, I might do why does Geneva appear so much in Masakha Gitin? Ki um, havei Kanafek. when he was going out, Amar Havu Arba Mea Zuze Labi Avina, panya. And so he said to the people when he was about to die, right, give 400 diners to Rabbi Avina from wine, okay, um, that I have in the city of Nahar Panya. i Rabbi Zaira. Rabbi Zaira said, Dara Rabbi Avina Lissitli, right? So let Rabbi Avina lift his basket and go to Rav Huna, his teacher. Um, uh, because in, in other words, to uh, acquire this item, okay, he was going to have to go check uh right, sorry but but he's going to have to check with the opinion of Rav Huna in order to collect this why to Rav Huna because ravhuna said one's get is like his gift ma matano ima af ima and what they're talking about here is deathbed gifts right and we know we've we've seen this before that if somebody gives a death uh, a gift on their deathbed and then recovers from their illness he can revoke that gift because it was clear the intention was to only give that gift if he was going to die. And the same is also true with a get, that if somebody gives on their deathbed and then recovers from their illness, then he also can revoke that get. So uh, the st- w- our Mishnah starts off with a point about getting, right? that somebody who's about to die and just says kit vu, but doesn't give uh, direct uh, instructions to deliver it. right? It's still considered to be an instruction to deliver the get. And then they start with this story, which is about a, a, a pre-death gift but it involves getting mine. So what they want to say is okay, with a get that was given on a death, on a deathbed, even if he didn't specify, but he said write the divorce, even though he didn't say give it to my wife, they write it and they give it to his wife. That's what our Mishnah taught. So with a gift on someone's deathbed, once he says give the gift, even if the recipient didn't actually acquire the gift from him, right on right, we still give the gift because it was on the deathbed. So on this parallel by Rav Huna between a get and a gift, Rabbi Avina can actually go and collect this gift that was given to from Geneva, even though it wasn't formally acquired. But he can go ahead and get it. Now Rabbi Abba is going to go ahead and he's going to uh, object to this, and there's basically going to be a lot of discussion here about what what was the intention of uh geneva's actual uh instruction to give this gift. Um, and actually what the Gemara spends much more time talking about is, you know, uh gifts on on deathbeds than it does about getting. Okay, that's the first Mishnah. The second Mishnah says Mushlach mm-hmm. Labor, Right, So somebody's thrown into a pit, thinks he's going to die there. And again, in order, it's a way to protect his wife, he starts calling out. So somebody would hear him and he says, he knows he's going to die. And he's saying, write a get for my wife. Um, and then whoever hears it should give it to his wife. So even though they don't see him, uh, it should just be, it, it should be given. Um, and so the Gemara goes into a place that only the Gemara could go. And I, I think I've talked to you guys about this before. Um, I actually, Shaden were like a very big part of my childhood my father, Zichrano Lavracha, actually believed that he knew a shade. I will save this for another long time to discuss this. Um, and so uh, w- maybe we should be concerned that it's a shade, which was the voice, okay? And, you know, again, I wish we had more time to really discuss, but shade are a real concept in the Gemara. They really do believe in sort of these demons. And so the Gemara basically presents, okay, maybe it's a shade. Maybe it's somebody trying to trick you know, you to to giving this get. I'm a mutadam. No, it has to be a case where we saw the human form in the pit itself. But then the Gemara goes on to say, Inu nami idume idumu, right? Wait, demons can also appear um, you know, in a human form. Um and so uh so you know so the Gemara says, right, Oa. right? Where so it has to be a case where they saw the shadow, the bavoa Inu nami islahu bavo'a. But then the Gemara says, wait, a shade can also have a shadow. bavo'a de bavo'a. No, so this has to be a case where he has the shadow of a shadow. In other words, there's a difference between a shadow of a demon and a shadow of a human. Vedima inu nami islahu, right? And so then maybe also demons have a shadow of a shadow. Amar Rabbi Chanina, limdani yonatan bavo'a islehu, bavo'a de bavo'a leislehu, right? And so Rabbi Chanina says, Yonatan, his son, taught him, Demons have a shadow, but they don't have a shadow of the shadow. So then the question is, maybe it's a rival wife. Maybe she's trying to get her rival wife to be divorced. And so then we have this teaching of Rabbi Shmael that during a time of danger, right, where we are worried that somebody's going to be a deserted wife, right? In other words, also, if he's in the boar, it may be that his body isn't going to be able to ever be recovered. Nobody will ever know that he's there, and she'll be considered an aguna. At least this way, she will have gotten a divorce. Um, we can write the divorce, even though people may not know who he is or actually see the body. A very, very strange Mishnah. But You know, I think when we think about it in terms of the time period that it's taking place in, you know, today we have cell phones. Somebody could call you if they were in the pit. We have very different ways of recognizing people and also communicating with people. And I, I, you know, I, I think the Gemara discussion is boundary pushing, but I think the Mishnah discussion, right? uh, it, It probably may have been. I think the point here of what they're trying to explore is, you know. Can you, okay, yeah, we went through, like, Kifu, we know somebody's going to die, but can even just a voice do it? What if you don't even have the body present, right, but the voice is instructing you to do it? Can a voice instruct something without the body actually being there?
1: Yardin, I did not know this about you and Shadim, and I feel like we must delve into this much more deeply at another time. No pun intended on the deeply, right, because he begins in the pit. Um, I'm going to go on with the Mishnayot. Um, We have, the next one is perhaps... More common, Habarisha Amar get Lishti, where you have a healthy person who says to whoever, right, to the sofer, I guess, to the scribe, write a bill of divorce for my wife, and he doesn't say to give it to her, right? The idea of go write a get but don't give it to her, in a case where there's no extenuating circumstances where you could just assume that obviously that's what he meant to do, then it becomes a mockery, right? It's, so, you know, it's going to end up being not a valid divorce, but in the meantime she thinks she's about to get her divorce. It's not very nice. So we have here a story, that, and we've discussed this, right, that the Mishnayot don't usually provide stories, but in this case it does where specifically there is an incident of a healthy person, a healthy man, who says, write a get for my wife, So what's happened is that this is not the case, the first line of admission of somebody who's making a mockery of it. Rather, he says, write a bill of divorce, and presumably the next step would have been to give it to her. Except for that in the meantime, he went up to the, to the roof, and he fell, and he died. Amrav ben Gamliel im Get. Rav ben Gamliel says, if he fell, like of his own initiative, shall we say? Nowadays we would call that death by suicide, right? Then that would be a valid get right? Meaning he clearly was planning or knew that his death was coming. And like these other people that Dana that you just talked about, like those people, so too, he was going to make sure that his wife had a divorce rather than messing with, you know, airs and complications and so on. However, says the Mishnah, if the wind blew him off, right? Meaning he wasn't planning to fall off the roof, then it's not a valid get because there's no there's no proof that there was any intent that he was actually going to go forward and give it to her beyond just writing it for her and then leaving it as a mockery, so I find this you know to be such a profound study of human nature and the fact that people can have good intentions, the best of intentions to leave off to leave their wives well, the worst intentions to make a mockery of the situation right The whole thing becomes very complicated. The Gemara here asks a really interesting question. It says, "Maseli store, was this whole story, this whole incident cited, was it brought in the Mishnah to contradict the halakha that, what was the halakha? That the healthy man who says right a get and doesn't give it to her is trying to mock her and therefore it's not a get. Is that why this point is there to begin with, to show that there are circumstances where you could you know, say right a get and it doesn't actually... um, Nothing Nothing bad, hap- where, where, I'm sorry, where something does happen, but it becomes clear that his intent had been that it would go to his wife. So the Gemara answers, and we've seen this kind of thing in the past. The text itself, the Mishnah, is incomplete, meaning there's some words, I guess, left out, according to the Gemara. And this is what it should have said, or what the point that it was trying to make. If his end, meaning if his final actions demonstrate his original intent, meaning his final actions demonstrate that he was really trying to give a get, then Then you've got a get. If you have this kind of story of somebody who says, write a get for my wife, and he goes up to the roof, and he falls and he dies, so it just provides us the story again, but now with the text, Changed a little bit to say, so is a get. If his end attests to what his intent was to begin with, then you can look at that as a get. And with those words, then we understand why the story is present in the Mishnah without having to kind of wonder, is it there to contradict or is it not? It's really to make the point. Um, one more story. Haul gavr da'al lavei there is a certain man, and he entered the shul, the b'nai knesset, the synagogue. Ashkach mikri yunuka ovare the yatve So what happens? is the the teacher is there. The son of the man who's coming in is sitting there, and there's another person who's sitting gabayhu, also sitting with them. Amar lahu, the man says to them, baytrey minaycho nechsavuki de." So is the two of you should write a divorce for my wife. So in the end, what happens? The teacher dies. Me, Now, the problem with that, of course, is that now his son is going to be potentially involved in this story, meaning of writing the get for the father for the mother. Mi shavu inish bara abba olo. So now the question is, can that son have been considered a shal- shaliach right? When he comes and he says, two of you should write, does that have to mean, and not you, my son? Or could it also include the son in terms of designating to write? Can't, we know that, you know, relatives can't be witnesses. Could he be, could he take this role in this case? He, the point wasn't that he was going to designate two random people. He was specifically aiming to designate the people who are not his son. And so the Gemara then will go on to talk about, you know, just very briefly about how we don't designate sons in the presence of their father. We have a new Mishnah. A man says to two people, give a get to my wife, or even to three. Write a get and give it to my wife. Right? So now the question, of course, is going to be who's doing what. So someone of these three people should be doing so. Right? They write it themselves. They give it to her. So then, the the next case is that what happens if he says to three people, give a bill of divorce to my wife, and those people go tell other people, and they will write the document, right? Meaning, what happens is once there's three people, then fundamentally they become a court a and once he's designated them as a court, then it becomes their job, let's say, to go find people to do this, as opposed to them having to be the Shlichim to do it themselves. V'zo halacha ala ish Ono mi Beit and this is the halacha that Rebbe Chanina of Ono, brought from prison, and we know that this means it's also in the name of Rebbe Akiva, because Rebbe Akiva was in prison, we know this from, We know this from elsewhere, right? It's not mentioned here. Here we're only talking halacha in the Mishnah. Where specifically, he says, I have this tradition that if you say to three people, if a man says to three people, give a get get to my wife, then those three people will tell other people and they'll write the document because those three people become a court. Meaning, the way this Mishnah comes about, the information isn't brought in the name of Rabbi Akiva directly, but it's taught and then it's confirmed that it was brought by Rabbi Chanina of Ono. And Rabbi Chanina of Ono had been in prison, you know, together or in the next cell, whatever, from Rabbi Akiva. <laughs> And Rabbi Yossi adds to this, basically, and he says, we appointed, right, and or we said, really, to the shaliach, like this same thing that Reb, from Rabbi Hanina of Ono, that we also have a tradition. But it is tradition, but it's a little bit of a different one. Namely, that even if a person went to the Sanhedrin, the, meaning to the Beit Din Hagadol, that's in Jerusalem, and said, to the whole big court, give a bill of divorce to my wife, then somebody of the court should write, do the writing and should write it down and give it to the wife, meaning you don't have to go appoint other people. The court can do this job, and that's rabbi Yossi's tradition. So now we've got a third case here, really rather different, if somebody says to 10 people, so what's similar, of course, is that it's multiple people. 10 people already, you have a minion. He says, write write the get, give the get to the, to the wife. Now, what happens according to this Mishnah? One person writes, two people sign. If he had said, kutvu, if he said, all of you, please write this get, what would happen? Then still only one person does the actual handwriting and then everybody else would sign that they had you know, witnessed this get. The And then if one of them dies, what happens is because they were all grouped together as a category, as a clump of people, or we nowadays would talk about that as a, you know, a group of witnesses, for example, then if one of them is no longer part of that group, that nullifies the whole group. So in this case, if one of them dies, then the whole group can no longer be that group. I mean, it is no longer that group. And then that same divorce is no longer valid because he had the instructions were for all of them to participate, not all of you as long as you're not dead, right? As a, you know, again, to flesh out the case. Um, Okay, obviously the Gemara here is going to pay good attention to exactly this thing of what happens when you have multiple people under the instructions and how does that play out, but I am going to stop here in the interest of time. That's our DAF discussion for the day. Thank you for joining us. Rank us, review us where you get your podcast. Come talk to us on our Facebook page and tell us what you think of this DAF. Thank you to Rabbi Michelle Farber for hosting us on the 100 website. And until tomorrow, go and learn.